Hey, Cam. No, no, no. What? What? No. I just wanted to tell no. you a joke. What? Stop. Stop it. No joke. No joke this week. I'm gone for one week to enjoy a, a vacation. And you bring Will Smathers onto the show. Will oh, Smathers. Come on. Come on. Look, it was the best the, I could no, do no, on short no, notice. No, okay. No, no. The worst interview that has ever been on this show. Stop yelling at me. You weren't you you could have submitted questions. To that bitch? Dansby throws to first base. Is this happening? It is! The Atlanta Braves are world champions! Welcome to the Chatting Average Podcast, presented by Sports Drink. Here are your hosts, Pam Matthews and Alex Butler. Now you're all in big, big trouble. Welcome to your friendly neighborhood Atlanta Braves podcast. Welcome to Chatting Average. I'm your host, Alex, joined once again by my faithful co-host, Mr. Cam Matthews. How are you doing today, Cam? What? Shaking bacon. This is going to be our last episode before opening day. So we have got a huge one for you guys. Uh, going to go through each and every team, talk about uh, talk about their additions and subtractions from last year, give you some predictions for what we think they're going to do this year. But before we get into that, we need to talk about some people that uh, that make this show possible. First of all, Athletic Greens. It is time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition, especially during this cold and flu season. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That is it. There is no need for a million different supplements and pills to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you one free year of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you got to do is go to athleticgreens.com slash sports drink. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash sports drink and take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate in daily nutritional insurance. Guys, as you know, we are also brought to you by ColorCast. ColorCast is a live audio-only sports talk platform that is free to download and use. Uh, If you've joined us on one of ours, we have a lot of fun on it. Wednesdays at 8.30, we get on there live and and, and talk about whatever comes up. Uh, Talked about everything from... Uh, golf to football to college basketball to baseball this past week it was a lot of fun so uh so yeah all you got to do is download the ColorCast app free in the ios app store create a profile link your twitter join our group when we go live follow me at riley's rakes to be notified when my room goes live and remember that is wednesday nights at 8 30 p.m so show up with your spiciest takes so cam we got lots Yo. of spicy takes coming out in this show. But before we get into all that, you took a little journey last week. Uh, so I, I want to hear all about your trip down to uh, Northport, Florida to see Brave Spring Training. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, last Friday morning at the, uh, at the early hour of 5 a.m., I hopped in a car with my dad, my brother-in-law, and my 14-year-old nephew, and we headed down to the great state of Florida for some spring training baseball. And Florida! Folks, Florida! Saw plenty of Florida man down there, too. Um, I believe it. Yeah. Uh, we had a great time. Spring training is 
pretty awesome, especially in person. Um, so yeah, uh, Saturday we went to a game at Northport at Cool Today Park, which is a very neat ballpark to check out. Lots of stuff both inside and outside the stadium for you to go through. Uh, I spent an obscene amount of money inside the Brave Shop as soon as we got there. Um, and then we watched the game and got cooked by the sun all afternoon, but it was great. I bet. I bet. I, I got chills when you posted that video overlooking the bullpen watching uh, watching Charlie Morton warm up. So, so that was that was the next day. That was actually, oh, 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 okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, um, Cool Today Park is is pretty nice, um, but it is because it is a newer stadium. It's not as as intimate as the stadium we went to on Sunday. You um, so you're not like as close to things as you would be, but still, you're relatively close. You're sitting in a ballpark that only sits about eight thousand people, um, so literally a fifth of the size of Truist Park. But what was cool was, uh, I don't know, about the seventh inning or so. Um, my dad looks over at me. He's like, hey, you want to go walk around, go check out the rest of the ballpark? Because, like, we hadn't gone out, you know, to the scoreboard area or over to the, you know, the Tomahawk Tiki Bar or whatever. And so we start making our trek around. And back behind the scoreboard, you know, you're up on this landing that behind the scoreboard, when you look toward the back of the stadium, you can kind of see the backfields and you can see, you know, if you've watched behind the Braves, you can see like the media room and the the locker rooms and the training rooms and all that stuff, like right behind the stadium, right? But then as I'm looking down, I realize, oh, that's Dansby Swanson just sitting in a golf cart, chilling. That's cool. No, we weren't that close, so like I couldn't like really yell out or anything. Um, but then all of a sudden, I look down, and here comes Mallory Pugh. <laughs> and so they he gets off the golf cart, and they walk to the parking lot to leave. And that was the end of their day. <laughs> so I was like, okay, that's neat. Um, but yeah, had a had a really good time at, at that game. Just, uh, again, a really nice ballpark, you know, because it's not that old at this point. Um, so, so some really cool things to see i will say this that ballpark is back in the cut oh i believe it i'd never heard of northport florida before. are we were you talking about the second one you went to no no i'm, I'm yeah i'm talking about cool today park in, in northport it is yeah you know you come in on on this little two-lane highway you get off of i-75 at northport you take this little two-lane road and then you cut and you turn into what appears at first to be like a housing development it's like, okay, where is the ballpark? And then you drive about five more miles down this road, and then you just come into a ballpark. That's awesome. It's wild. But it is kind of neat because you can tell that they're really – that area is getting developed because, um, like, you could see sites getting prepped for more, like, residential units and, and stuff like that. And there were ads for new um, – new, like storefronts and shops and stuff coming in that area. So uh, really neat, really, really fun time. And then Sunday uh, we got up and made just a little bit further of a drive down to Port Charlotte uh, where the Tampa Bay Rays play. And of course the Braves played the Rays that Sunday. That park was built, I think in the late, like 98. Um, so not long after Tampa became a, became a franchise. Um, and it, you know, it, it's still in really good shape. You can see, like, in the little things, it's starting to show its age a little bit, you know, for a near 30-year-old ballpark. But 
what I liked about it, and you know, if you, if you follow me on Twitter, you saw probably saw my video, and Alex already referenced it. Scott for Scott's here. You ever want to grow new grass faster? Kind of like when you press the two times playback button on your podcast so you can speed through episodes. Except it's Scott's turf build a rapid grass. You're speeding your way from a thin and damaged lawn to a thicker, stronger one in just weeks. Bit too fast, maybe slow it down. Okay. Let's just go back to normal speed. Get a bag of Scott's Turf Builder Rapid Grass today. It grows grass two times faster than seed alone when applied at the new lawn rate subject to proper care. Feed your lawn. Feed it. They have what they call the boardwalk that is literally a boardwalk that lines their entire outfield perimeter and overlooks the bullpens, and you are insanely close to the bullpens. And so before the game, I got to just look down and watch Charlie Morton and Travis Darno get warmed up, and that was cool. I also yelled at Snicker before the game, and that's another story. Yes, love it. <laughs> um, so, we, you know, we got to the ballpark a little bit early because, you know, we wanted to check things out because you never know when you might get another chance to go back down there and do something like this. And we see the Braves buses pulling in. Um, it's probably like an hour before game time. And I'm like, oh, that's cool. They're, you know, so they pull back behind this building. And we make our way around the boardwalk and everything. And then we come up to, I guess, where the actual like clubhouses are, the locker rooms, um, which is kind of like a metal building built off the side of, of the stadium. And I look down on the sidewalk, and here comes Brian Snicker just casually making his way to the entrance. And it's like <laughs> me and my dad and my nephew, and no one else is really around us. And, like, I see him, I'm like, hey, Dad, there's Snit. And Dad's like, oh, okay, cool. And I just, out of nowhere, just go, Snit! <laughs> and he looks up and he goes, how's it going, guys? And, like, goes right into the locker room. <laughs> Ducks into that door a little quicker. Oh, he, he was gone. <laughs> he was like, I don't know who this, who this pudgy white guy yelling at me is, but I don't want him. <laughs> And then, uh, and then we watched the Braves blow it in the ninth inning, and I had a good time uh, making fun of that on Twitter. So it was a great <laughs> trip. It really was. Um, that sounds like it, man. We need to get down there and do an episode from spring training next year or something. Something, yeah. So, and and, and what's neat is, um, so Friday night we we got in, we got in to we stayed in Sarasota, and we got there. I don't know, about 4.30, 5 o'clock that afternoon. Hung out at the condo we were staying at for a little bit, you know, after being on the road all day. And finally said, pizza sounds good tonight. Like, let's let's go find a pizza place, local pizza joint, you know, go do that. And so I found this place called Shaner's. And, you know, the menu, all I did was pull up their menu. I saw that they served thin crust tavern style pizza. And I was like, that sounds like a winner. It's 15 minutes from here. Let's go. We get there and I walk in and you where you walked in at is like right at the bar. And I look behind the bar and there's neon signs behind the bar and they're all baseball team logos. I'm like, nice. oh, that's cool. So it's kind of like a sports bar. But then I start looking around this place even more. And I'm like, this is all baseball memorabilia on the walls, like every bit of it. And then I come to realize this is a baseball themed pizza place. Yes. Just by happenstance, like that's where we went. I had no idea. And so come Were to like find out. Were like the pizzas named after old players? No, not, not anything like that. But 
The neat thing is the reason it's called Shaner's is because it's owned by a gentleman named Shane Raleigh, R-A-W-L-E-Y. And they have like a short little bio about him. He's still alive, but they have a short little bio about him on the back of the menu. He played in the majors from like the early 70s into the mid 80s. He was kind of a journeyman pitcher type. He did make the all-star team in 86, which was cool. Um, Played the majority of his career with the Yankees. So, you know, you think about that time period, he was playing with, you know, he was probably pitching to Thurman Munson. Like, think about that. It's pretty (laughs) neat. Yeah, that's but the cool. cool. But the cool thing about it, food was great. I'll just go ahead and get that out of the way. So if you're in that area, go to Shaner's Pizza. But the coolest thing was, here's this guy, former major league pitcher, owns a restaurant, running around bringing pizza out to tables and bussing tables and talking to folks. Um, apparently, he moved to Sarasota in like 1989, right after he retired. And in 1991, opened up a little pizza shop and it's been going ever since. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that, yeah that's very that's cool. something to seek out if you're going down to uh, to a spring training facility on the Gulf Coast. And and you could you could definitely tell that's what a lot of people do because as we're sitting there eating and I'm looking around, I'm seeing you know I'm seeing Orioles fans walk in, I'm seeing Blue Jay fans walk in, I'm seeing Twins fans walk in. It was really neat. And then same thing the next day at, at the game. We had a couple sitting in front of us, older couple, probably in their late 60s, early, like right around retirement age, probably. And both of them just decked out in Cubs gear at a Braves and Twins game. Like, it's so fascinating that, you know, if you go to a regular season game somewhere, more than likely you are there because you want to see one of the teams that are playing. You are either a fan of the visiting team or a fan of the home team. Whereas at spring training, it's just kind of like, Baseball we're games. in Florida and we are here to watch baseball. Yeah. And that's that's really like it's broken. It, love of the game is broken down to that simple of a level um, in this time of year at spring training to the point that like dad and I, we're already talking about maybe taking a week long trip down there and just going to a different ballpark and seeing a different team every day. You know, really getting that true spring training experience because right there on the Gulf Coast, up and down I-75, you've got six different ballparks all within an hour of each other. Oh, so that's, that's awesome. it, it it's really cool. I highly recommend it. Like we talked about doing this for years and we're so glad we finally did it. But if it's something that you've ever thought about, go do it. It's really fun. Well, you know what else is fun? Regular season baseball. Yes, And we got got that coming up in just a matter of days. So we are going to get into going over all of the offseason moves for each of the teams and giving you guys an idea of what we think they're going to do this year. So without further ado, we're going to jump right into it and we're going to get started with the American League West. We're gonna go. Uh, we're gonna go bottom up for each of these. So, uh, so we're gonna start with the Rangers, who finished in last place last season with a sixty and one hundred and two record. Uh, as you guys have heard us talk about over the last few episodes, the Rangers have been one of, if not the most active team in all of free agency since the uh, since the period began. So, we're talking about a team that added Marcus Simeon, Corey Seager. Cole Calhoun, Brad Miller, Matt Carpenter, Garrett Richards, Mitch Garver, Greg Holland, and Dan Winkler completely rebuilt their uh, their 
infield, their pitching staff, got some catching help, got some outfield help. It's going to be a much different team this year than it was last year. Yeah, and they have the benefit of playing in a, for lack of a better term, a very inconsistent division. Yeah. So it's a division with a lot of teams where you you don't know what you're going to get out of them. Correct. And so I think, I think I look at the Rangers as a team that are we going to go ahead and dive into our predictions now or? or Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll do it as, as we go along. Okay. So I have the Rangers finishing this year at 78 and 84. I think they still finish slightly below 500, but I think they're going to be one of those teams that, A, you're not going to want to see them on your schedule, and B, they're going to be one of those teams that at some point during June we're going to look up and see that the Rangers have won eight out of their last ten and, you know, are beating the socks off of some teams. Yeah, they're they're I, certainly not going to be the pushover that that we all knew them to be last year. I've I've got them finishing with a fairly similar record. Uh, I've got them a little bit worse at seventy five and eighty seven, but in my predictions, that's going to be good enough for them not to finish in last place in the AL West, which I think agreed they'd probably be happy with at this point. You're taking right, a step right. in the right direction, but I think everybody knows they're not threatening the Astros anytime soon. And I think. I think we should throw out a disclaimer here. You and I have not discussed these records with each other. We have not. And I feel like we're still going to wind up giving almost identical records for a lot of yeah, these They're going to be fairly similar, maybe except for a few teams, um, because I think you and I have some differing opinions on a couple. But, um, yeah, I think God, I hope be... so. This is going to be a really boring episode if we don't. <laughs> <laughs> How do you think they're going to finish? I concur. Moving yeah, on. I agree. Next. <laughs> All right, so moving on to the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim, California. They uh, they finished in fourth place last season, going 77-85, and despite having the AL MVP Shohei Otani on their squad. Uh, They got him a little bit of help this offseason, adding right-handed pitchers Noah Syndergaard, Michael Lorenzen, and uh, Rysel Iglesias, and Ryan Tapera. Uh, also pitcher A.J. Ramos, catcher Max Stasi, uh, and catcher Kurt Suzuki. Night so, nurse! <laughs> um, that was so that, great. That was like, that, that is a tier one walk-up song. <laughs> Just like, take me back to the summer of 2017, sitting on my back deck on a Friday night, listening to a Braves game and hearing, oh, in the background of Truist Park. It's great! <laughs> I did love, love you, Kurt Suzuki. Uh, oh, the only Kurt. notable departure from from them was uh, right-handed pitcher Dylan Bundy. So, uh, on paper, it looks like this team has improved quite a lot from uh, from last year. And obviously, they're returning uh, Mike, a guy named Mike Trout. Uh, they're, yeah. <laughs> they're returning <laughs> Anthony Rendon. They're they're uh, returning Shohei Otani. So, this is a team with a little bit of firepower. Um, I've got them finishing. Right at 500, 82 and 82, which is going to be good enough for third place in the AL West. You mean 82 and 80? 82 and 80, that's what I'm – or 81 and 81, I'm sorry. Okay, there you go, there you go. Okay, um, I have them finishing – Math slightly. is hard. Math is hard, and we're probably going to – one of us is going to get one of these wrong mathematically, and we're not going to call each other out, and then somebody in, like, the replies to the show is going to be like, you can't do math. I can't wait. 
Can't wait. Go ahead. Call us out. I don't care. I draw for a living. All right. Where, um, where, where do you have the Angels finishing? I have them finishing at 84 and 78. So just a little bit better than you. Um, I think the, I'd hate to say it this way. The key, the key to this season for the Angels is going to be how healthy Mike Trout's able to be. Yep. And that kind of seems like it. That's the key for the Angels every year. And it hasn't been working out too well lately. So, I mean, we, we've all seen what Mike Trout and Shohei Otani can do. I, I just really hope that that they're able to stay healthy and we're able to see a full year of, of both of them because that'll be a fun team to watch if they do. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, and they've always been a fun team to watch offensively. And, you know, but it's been their pitching that has always been their downfall. Yep. And, and I mean, they've added a lot of pitching. They added five right-handed pitchers to their staff in, uh, in free agency. So, uh, so we could, we could see that become a strength for them if, uh, if everybody performs to their capabilities, but time will tell, obviously from, uh, from the angels moving on to, uh, I don't even know if I should describe them as a baseball team at this point, the Oakland athletics. Key arrivals for Oakland include uh, their new manager, Mark Kotze. Uh, they brought back infielder Jed Lowry. I'm mentioning him because we've heard his name. And uh, and re-signed catcher Stephen Vogt, Braves legend. As for their departures, their, their departures are, are slightly more notable than their arrivals. Uh, as we all know, the Braves snagged Matt Olson from them. Uh, the, the Toronto Blue Jays were able to get Matt Chapman. Uh, and just today, actually, the San Diego Padres made a trade for Sean Manaya. So uh, uh, Chris Bassett also wound up with the Mets. And uh, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a tough year for any, uh, any Oakland Athletics fans out there. Uh, what was it reported today that their expected an- opening day payroll is going to be right around $33, $35 million? Correct. Max Scherzer makes more than the Oakland Athletics. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, it hurts. Like, obviously, obviously, when it comes to payrolls, somebody has to be last. Like, somebody has to be at the bottom. But I don't think that it really rings in just how bad payroll 30 of 30 is until you actually see the number so for for reference sake what what are the dodgers at about 280 something like that that. yeah just shy of you know a little shy of 300 yeah so the dodgers are approximately nine times the payroll of the oakland athletics yep nine times they they are a they are a confusing, baffling organization. This is one of the one of the things that I was really hoping would get sorted out in the in the CBA when they were negotiating, setting some kind of a salary floor to to prevent these teams from just running out there with guys like me and Cam on opening day. Yeah, yeah. I mean it and, and I've said it before, like I I truly hate <laughs> to see a team like the athletics with such a neat history that they have and such a passionate fan base that they have get treated to this kind of team. I don't know. It, it's sad. All right. Where you got them finishing? Uh, I, 
the more I talk about them, the more I feel like I was being generous with this. Uh, I've got them at 65 and 97, finishing dead last in the AL West. Ooh, okay. Well, likewise, I am very close to your record. I have them finishing at 67 and 95. They're, they're going to be bad. I don't they're think they're going to be any, bad. I mean, this I, is a this is very close to a 100 loss team. I don't think anyone's going to argue with you on that one. Um, to a slightly more interesting team, let's take yes. a look at the Seattle Mariners. Uh, Mariners made some uh, some good moves this offseason, bringing in uh, Adam Frazier, signing left-handed pitcher Robbie Ray, brought in Steven Souza Jr., Billy Hamilton, Sergio Romo. Their only real major loss was the retirement of third baseman Kyle Seager. Uh, I think this is a very good team. They barely missed the postseason last year, going 90-72. and 72. Uh, I think we all remember that frantic run they were trying to make at the end of the season. Uh, some of the most exciting baseball of the of the year was played in Seattle at that time. Um, we got that tremendous clip of uh, of their radio guy calling oh yeah. play. I mean, just an absolute electric factory. It was beautiful. Uh, I've got them pretty close to where they were last year. Um, I've got them finishing at eighty nine and seventy three uh, for second place in the AL West. How about you, Cam? I'm actually going to go bold here. I've got them finishing at 92 and 70. And is that going to be good enough to win the division? No. Uh, but, but. Wild card. I, mean, I think it's good enough for a wild card. Just get them into the postseason. I would love to see the Mariners make a run. That is a fun team to watch. Uh, spoiler alert, I have them making the making the postseason, and I do not have the Phillies making the postseason. So, yes. Uh, if if you had any doubt as to the prediction I was going to give here, as we as we discussed, that would give uh, Philadelphia sole possession of the record for longest period of time not having been to the postseason. Oh, ain't it fun? Yes, we love it. All right, and I think we're gonna gonna agree on this one pretty well. Let's talk about the uh, the the reigning American League champions, the Houston Astros. Um. It's weird to call it an arrival because he's been with them for years, but Justin Verlander coming off of Tommy John surgery will be back for them. He's He's been looking really good in spring training. His fastball sitting at 95, 96, and, and his stuff is still there. Uh, so that's going to be a, a good uh, a good pickup for them. They also brought in outfielder Lewis Brinson, most recently seen with the Miami Marlins. Don't really know what he's going to be able to do for them, but gives them an extra outfield piece that uh, that a lot of teams could use. They did lose their shortstop, Carlos Correa. That was a, a tough one for them. Zach Grinke's gone. Also, one of their uh, one of their big arms in the bullpen, Kendall Graveman, is out of town. So, uh, I think they're going to have a little bit harder time than they did last year. Uh, I think I think a couple of teams in the division are better than they were last year, and I think the Astros. Uh, are are a little bit worse than they were last year. I've got them still winning the division, but uh, with a few fewer wins than they had last year. I've got them at 93 and 69. Uh, that is exactly what I have them at as well. So that has me having the Astros uh, win the division by one game. That I've... Yeah, I've got them uh, winning by a little bit more than that, but I, I think I think I have the Mariners in the postseason too. Um, we're we're just gonna we're just gonna keep wishing for that. So, moving on to the American League Central, 
it's it's weird to say, but the Twins finished dead last last season. Uh, following a season where they were a very good team, they went seventy three and eighty nine and missed the postseason. So they uh, they reworked their uh, their their roster pretty hard. Um, they brought in right hand pitcher Trevor Megill, Dylan Bundy, Sonny Gray. Uh, they made a big trade with uh, with the Yankees that got them Gary Sanchez and Gio Urshela. Uh, and they've also made the, one of the bigger splashes of free agency signing shortstop Carlos Correa to replace Andrelton Simmons, who left in free agency. They uh, also sent Josh Donaldson over to the Yankees and Mitch Garver to the Rangers. So uh, going to be I, I, I think they're a better team than they were last year, but I have very little confidence in this pick. Uh, if, I've got I've got the yeah, finishing it, one spot thing. better. I've got them finishing fourth at 80 and 82. How about you? Uh, I have them finishing at 77 and 85. Um, I, I, I'm just not totally convinced they're, they are better than last year, but I don't think it's that much better. I, I, I tend to agree. They're, uh, they're, they're, it's, it's screams team in need of a rebuild to me. And I, I I don't think that's what their their actions are showing. So I, I think they could be they could be in rough shape for a while. Uh, moving on to the Kansas City Royals, uh, a, a difficult team to unpack and figure out what they're all about because they did finish ahead of the Twins last year. Still missed the postseason at seventy five and eighty eight, but uh, they weren't dead last in their division. Um, some interesting moves for them: acquiring reliever Amir Garrett and bringing back Zach Grinky to where he started his career. Uh, they did ship Mike Miner to Cincinnati in that confusing deal for Amir Garrett, um, and they have some good pieces still in place. I just, I, I don't know. I, I, I look at this roster. And it it says last place to me. Uh, I've got them doing a little worse than last year, going seventy and ninety two, finishing fifth and uh, dead last in their division. Yeah, I, I've got them at seventy four and seven, or I'm sorry, seventy three um, and sixty nine. I, I think, yeah, I agree that I think they're a little bit worse than last year. Um, they just really have not done anything to improve this team, which is which is bizarre because I felt like at this point the Royals would have started rebounding in terms of the supposed rebuild they're in. Yeah, and and their pickups like Amir Garrett and Zach Greinke, they they just those look like ticket selling moves to me, not baseball game winning moves. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, So let's move on to a team that'll be a little bit more fun to talk about. The Detroit Tigers. Very, very interesting team to me this year. Uh, They they signaled that they were going to start going for it, making one of the first big moves of of the free agency period, bringing in Javier Baez as their new shortstop. Uh, They also were able to rip Tucker Barnhart away from the Reds for next to nothing. Uh, brought in a few pitchers as well, and Andrew Chafin, Willie Peralta, and Michael Pineda. They went seventy-seven and eighty-five last year, which uh, it, it it they started out the season so bad that I think it was a huge win to finish uh, eight games below five hundred. Yeah, it, it, 
the first like what five six weeks of the season they were awful and then like they were consistently one of the better teams in all of baseball the rest of the season which is bizarre to think about yeah and and i mean they uh just announced that they're gonna have uh their their top prospect spencer torkelson starting at first base to start the season so uh it's gonna be very interesting to see this team now uh, I've I've got them finishing second place in this division with a 500 record of 81 and 81. Yeah, I've got them. I've got them at 80 and 82, which I believe is still good enough for second in this division. This is not a good division. It's not a good division, but I, I think within a couple of years, you could see the Tigers being a very good team. Oh, absolutely, absolutely, I agree, and I think. Like the Rangers, I think there are going to be times this year where we look up and say, the Tigers have won 9 of 10. Like, they're going to be that kind of team this year where they're going to go on a couple of hot streaks and you're going to raise your eyebrow and think, hmm, who is this team? Yeah. I don't know. They're going to be a fun team to keep up with. Well, moving on to another, who is this team? The Cleveland Guardians. Oh, gosh. Uh, a team we have never talked about before uh, because they weren't the Cleveland Guardians up until this season. Uh, I looked and looked and looked some more for some key arrivals to talk about, um, and I didn't find any. Uh, yeah, they have They have made no signings this offseason. Nothing. They've done, nothing. They've done nothing. All this... they've done is not trade Jose Ramirez. They have also not extended Jose Ramirez either. I don't think Jose Ramirez is interested in such an extension. <laughs> I no, actually, I think he is. Really, I I feel like I saw a report like just today or yesterday that yeah, he is very interested in staying in Cleveland because this Cleveland is must be the only American city he's been to because there's no way he knows any better and <laughs> and doesn't want out of town. <laughs> oh man. Um, Cleveland Cleveland is what everybody says it is and it's just garbage. I mean, when we when we talk about some of the worst run teams in all of baseball, you've got Cleveland, Colorado, Oakland, Pittsburgh, Baltimore. Yep. They're just, in a a very special class all their own. And and somehow week in week out, they try to beat each other on who can be worse. It's fascinating. It really is. All um, right. So I'm, go ahead. I was going to say last year, the Cleveland Indians finished 80 and 82, just uh, barely missing the postseason there. This year, I've got the Cleveland Guardians going 75 and 87, finishing third in their division. 74 and 88. Not great. It's, it's like we know we should have a show together. Yeah, hey, you know. Hey. <laughs> So on to the class of the AL Central, the Chicago White Sox. They finished 93-69 and 69 last year, making it to the American League Division Series and losing to the eventual AL champion Astros. They picked up relief pitcher Kendall Graveman, infielder Lurie Garcia, right-handed pitcher Vince Velasquez, Joe Kelly, and utility man Josh Harrison. Their major loss was, uh, was Craig Kimbrell sending him to, uh, to the Dodgers. But I don't think that hurts them very much. Uh, this was this was a team with with 
two closers. So they've still got Liam Hendricks. And if need be, Kendall Graveman could step into that role as well. Yeah, um, this is this is still a, a really good team with a young core that plays some exciting baseball. And they're and, just going to be better this the year than oldest they were last year. stick in the mud manager you've ever seen in your entire life. They, I, I feel like this team is a strong favorite for the American League this year. Uh, I, I I don't know if I have them winning the American League. I certainly have them winning the American League Central at ninety four and sixty eight. But I I just I can't bring myself to have faith in in Tony Larusa. I can't. I've got them finishing ninety seven and sixty five. Yeah, I mean they they can make noise in the regular season, but do those got like is Tony putting into those guys the stuff that they need to get through postseason series? I, that I'm not well with a that. stiff drink. Anything's possible, Alex. <laughs> he is a Hall of Fame baseball person, after all. I'm a Hall of Fame baseball guy. <laughs> all right, moving into the AL East, let's talk. <laughs> some- Let's talk some Baltimore Orioles, guys. What do you say? This team finished 52 and 110 last oh, season. Oh, Dan Clark, I am so sorry. Oh, boy. 52 and 110. Um, they added Robinson Chirinos, Jordan Lyles, and Runyet Odor. They didn't lose anyone I'd ever heard of. <laughs> I am going to be nice to the Orioles and say that they finish one game better than they did last year. So they will go 53 and 109 this season. Quite obviously last place in the AL East. All right. I'm going out on quite the limb here, Alex. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Bold prediction time. I have them finishing two games better than last year, 54 and 108. <laughs> Oh, this is going to be such a bad team. Oh, they're they're so bad, and yet they 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 might win like five in a row against the Yankees just because they. Yeah, I was going to say they're going to sweep the Yankees one weekend, and yeah. Yankees fans are going to lose it. They just do annoying stuff like that. They do, they do, just like we we have seen the uh, the the Marlins do for several years now. Like just when you think they're not a good team, they come up and just smack you yeah. upside the head. They're gonna the they're gonna have one good team's number. Yes. Yes, I agree. They will. I can't wait to see it. All right. So on to last year's fourth place finisher, the Toronto Blue Jays. That's right. A fourth place team, despite winning 91 games last year. They uh, they did make some moves. They brought in third baseman Matt Chapman from the Athletics, uh, re-signed Jose Barrios, uh, brought in Kevin Gossman on a uh, contract that Cam and I thought might be a little inflated. Uh, also brought in Yimmy Garcia, but sent out Marcus Simeon, Robbie Ray, and Randall Gritchick. I I don't know if this team, even though they added Matt Chapman, I don't know that they've taken a step forward, Cam. Um, in fact, I've got them taking a little step backwards, going 89 and 72 and uh, finishing in fourth place yet again. All right, here's where we disagree. Um, I have them finishing 95 and 67 and winning the AL East. I I think what do, that... What do you see that, that gives them more wins than they had last year? I think, I think this is a team that 
because they're so young last year they didn't they didn't quite have that killer mentality except for when they played the Braves um <laughs> oh yeah I, I think I, I just I feel like this is a team that because they're so young, but they've tossed in a few now more seasoned veterans in, in into the mix. I, I don't know. I, I think there's just going to be a better maturity to this team, and I think they're one year better. That you know, uh, that's a fair point. Uh, obviously, that worked for the Braves, uh, and we're still in a period of time for the Braves where this team can improve just via the passage of time because these guys are are getting more experience in um and that's certainly going to be the case for the for the blue jays as well you're you're right there but i don't know if they're going to step up enough to 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 make up for it cuz the rest of the division's been making moves as well and essentially you replace marcus simeon with matt chapman in terms of offensive production you're trying to replace Robbie Ray with Kevin Gossman in terms of pitching production. And you traded away your only true center fielder that you had on your roster. So I, those aren't moves I like. I'm, I'm holding steady with, with them finishing two games worse than they were last year. That That's fair. I mean, that that's, that's totally fair. I, I think <sighs> – this this will be an interesting season for them because I think one of two things happens. I think they they make the postseason this year and maybe they don't quite do as well as to be expected. But I think regardless, this is a team that they're going to take inventory at the end of this year. And then next year is where a big splash is coming. This this feels like a team that is one or two, I, and and I know that they've made big moves. Don't get me wrong; like I understand that they have made some splashy moves over the past couple of off seasons. I think they are waiting to do something truly huge. I I, te- I tend to agree. Um, I think I, I think we could easily be sitting here this time next year predicting twenty twenty three World Series champion Toronto Blue Jays. I, I just I just don't see that step being taken in twenty twenty two. We shall see. All right, so uh, on to a third place team that won ninety two games and made the postseason. That's right. This division put three in the postseason last year. The Yankees ninety two and seventy lost the wild card game to Boston. They were looking to make some big moves this uh, this offseason, and it didn't really work out that way for them. The biggest move they made was that deal with Minnesota that brought them their new third baseman and Josh Donaldson. Uh, they also picked up a uh, a, a, a little-known shortstop named Isaiah Kiner-Falefa. Uh, they brought in outfielder Tim LaCastro for some depth. Um, but they lost outfielder Clint Frazier, who is their depth piece, and then catcher Gary Sanchez and Gio Urshela. So I I still think, you know, you've got Rizzo, you got Stanton, you've got Gallo, you've got Judge. You're going to hit the ball all over the place with those guys. Um, and I think giving guys like Rizzo and Gallo uh, – an extra year to to get in and get acclimated with the the Yankees way, so to speak. 
I think that's going to be advantageous for them. I actually have them finishing a game better at 93 and 69, which this year will be good enough for second place in the NL East or the AL East. Sorry. All right. So, yeah. Okay. So this is definitely the division that we do not necessarily agree on. I, I don't think they're better than last year. In fact, I, I think they are worse. Um, I, I think that they have made some, in a lot of ways, the moves that they have made are very much lateral. They have not, in my opinion, done anything to improve their ball club. And in, meanwhile, a couple of other teams in your division, I feel like, have. So I have I have the Yankees finishing at 84 and 78 and missing the postseason. I don't know. The way I see it is if you took all those games last year where the Yankees had to face Robbie Ray and instead the Yankees had to face Kevin Gossman, I think the Yankees would have won a couple more games. So that's that's kind of where I'm getting the Yankees doing a game better this time. But let's see where where we we're at on this one. The Boston Red Sox finished 92 and 70 last year, made it all the way to the ALCS before losing to the Houston Astros. They brought in a lot of pitching with Michael Walker, Derek Holland, and Hansel Robles, and also made probably the biggest splash of uh, uh, of the free agency period with Trevor Story coming in as their new shortstop. Biggest loss for them was there was Kyle Schwarber, who they brought in last season. But I see this team being significantly better than they were last year. Uh, I've got them at 95 and 67, fairly easily taking first place in uh, in the AL East. Um, yeah. So I've I've got them at. Well, hang on, I gotta make sure my math checks. Okay, yeah, I've got them at. <laughs> I've got them. Can't got do them math, at, Cam. Can't do math. Um. Two plus two plus four is quick mess. Uh, I've got them at ninety two and seventy. Um, I think they're they're, and that's not to say they are not better than last year. But like I said, I feel like the Blue Jays are better than last year. So I feel I think Red Sox still get into the postseason this year. I still think they're going to be a, a very good team again this year. Um, but I I think they're going to be one of those teams that their record don't doesn't necessarily show how good they are. I kind of like the Braves last year, and I get that, but I'm still absolutely dumbfounded that you don't have the Red Sox doing a single game better than they did last year. Eh, I just want to get crap from Goldberg next time I talk to him. Well-deserved, well-deserved. Okay. So on to the 2021 AL East champions, the Tampa Bay Rays. They won 100 games uh, but lost to Boston in the ALDS. Uh, they uh, They retained their... Uh, their star prospect, Wander Franco, inking him to an 11-year deal in the offseason and also added right-handed pitcher Corey Kluber, who can hopefully fill the slot of Tyler Glass now, who they just today placed on the 60-day IL. Uh, their biggest losses were second baseman Mike Brasso and designated hitter Nelson Cruz. Um, I I think they're a good team this year, Cam. I I don't think they're as good of a team. I, I agree. They're they're I, good, but they're not going to be good enough. I, I yeah. I think I'm I'm thinking ninety wins, ninety and seventy two, third place in the division. It'll be respectable, but not going to be good enough to get them into the postseason. Yeah, I've got them at eighty eight and seventy four, third place. Yeah, yeah. I I 
I don't see them being anything like they were the last couple of years. Uh, they've been on kind of a miracle run that not too many people expected. And I think the bubble bursts this season. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Um, which would just be more ammo for them to move back to Montreal. Anyway. <laughs> All right, that wraps it up for the American League. But before we get into the National League, Cam's going to tell you a little bit about some people who bring this show to you. That's right, Alex. You know, as we get ready to dive into what is a long baseball season for these guys, you know, health is the key for a good baseball season. That doesn't mean that only baseball players look after their health. You can, too. Tons of people take a multivitamin, and it's important to choose one that is top quality. With one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you are absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help start your day right. This special blend of ingredients helps to support gut health, the nervous system, immune system, energy, recovery, focus, and aging. It's lifestyle-friendly, adapting to a wide range of diets. It contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no chemicals, or artificial anything. Plus, it costs less than $3 a day. You don't need that big league salary to improve your health. It's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with a convenient daily nutrition, especially during cold and flu season, which fortunately we're just about out of. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you one free year supply of immune-boosting vitamin D and five free travel packs for your first purchase. Are you going out, heading out to the ballpark this summer, making some road trips? Pack your Athletic Greens. They're here to help. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash sports drink. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash sports drink to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. And, of course, folks, you know this. Chatting Average is also brought to you by ColorCast. We've had plenty to talk about all offseason long, and we're going to have even more to talk about once baseball starts later on this week. In fact, on opening day eve this Wednesday night, be sure to join us on ColorCast. ColorCast is a live audio-only sports talk platform. It's free to download and to use. You can talk to me, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time. It's perfect for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and reacting to breaking news. We've had a great time on it all off-season long, and we cannot wait for baseball to start back so we can chat there as well. All you have to do is download the ColorCast app free on the iOS App Store. That simple. Create a profile, link your Twitter, and join us Wednesday nights at 8.30. Come to have a blast Follow me on Twitter at HeyCam93 to be updated whenever I go live on ColorCast. Come and join me. Bring your spiciest takes. Let's have some fun. All right, guys. It is National League time. And we're getting started off with a bang with the Arizona Diamondbacks. This team tied for worst record in Major League Baseball last year with 52 wins and 110 losses. Obviously missing the postseason. They made a couple of moves. They picked up Ian Kennedy, Keon Kayla, Zach Davies, and Mark Melanson. They lost outfielder Cole Calhoun. Yeah, I got him at 60 and 92, still finishing in last place. I, I just have a hard time picking any team to lose 110 games. Hey, remember when they swept us in a doubleheader last year? 
Oh, oh I sure do. And we got that set. We got that no hitter, but not a no hitter against Madison Bumpcar. <laughs> yeah. Oh, fun times, fun times. Um, I've got them finishing just a little bit better than last year at 56 and 106. Um, yeah, they, they're not going to be very good at all. And, and they've, and they're going to have a couple of two, if not three really good teams in their division that are just going to beat up on them all year. Yeah. And, and that sadly it, it doesn't look like that's going to change anytime soon. They're, they're not a team that I would call close. Yeah. Uh, tough times in the humidor these days. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, moving somewhere where the air is a bit thinner. Colorado Rockies. They finished 74 and 87 last year, missing the postseason. But that's a bit of a misleading stat. As uh, you might remember us talking about last year when we had to go in and face the Rockies, their home record was stellar. They couldn't win a game on the road, but it was hard to beat the Colorado, Colorado Rockies in Colorado. Um, that was at least until they let Trevor Story go and replaced him with Chris Bryant. They also picked up Randall Grichik and Jose Iglesias, but this this is still going to be a bad team. I I do not have them recapturing that home field magic that they found last year. I, I think other teams are going to start figuring out how to hit in, uh, in Coors Field a little bit. I got them finishing 65 and 87, good enough for fourth place in the NL West. Um, I mean, I, I have them finishing worse than last year, but not, not, not as, not as bad as you do. I have them finishing at 72 and 89. Um, I, I think, I think they're still going to be very similar to a, a shell of his former self. Sure. But there's still going to be times where this is going to be a Colorado offense that, I mean, they still have Charlie Blackman. They've got Chris Bryant. Now there's still going to be some pop in that lineup. Um, but I think they're still going to be a little bit worse than last year. Sure. All right. Well, this is a, this is going to be an interesting next couple of teams. So up next, we've got the San Diego Padres. This team made their first postseason in quite a while in 2020, but only followed it up with a 79 and 83 campaign missing the postseason in 2021. This offseason, they added Luis Garcia, Jorge Alfaro, they switched up managers, got Bob Melvin in there, picked up Matt Beatty from the uh, from the Dodgers, and just today, as we mentioned earlier, picked up pitcher Sean Manaya. Uh, their only major loss was uh, was outfielder Adam Frazier, uh, who went to Seattle. So, uh, I mean, the team, the roster looks better than it did last year. I'll say that right now, um, because you have an option to to replace Hosmer at first if you want it. Uh, you you've upgraded at the catcher position. You've upgraded at manager, and presumably, uh, aren't they supposed to be getting Clevenger back this year too? Supposedly, that's we, sh- we shall that's see. What they say, but, but they're still going to have a strong rotation regardless. Um, I I have them finishing a bit better in terms of record, but no better in terms of place in the division. I've got them finishing at five hundred eighty-one and eighty-one which will be good enough for third place in the NL West. Uh, yeah, similar here. I, I have them finishing better than last year, but still third in the division at 84 and 78. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's it's such a there, there, So, I mean, we, we, we joked about it before we, came, before we started recording of, what is this team? 
You know, I don't know they're, they're, if they're anyone has the answer to that. Like, I, I don't know. I don't know if there is a team that more depends on its health than the Padres. Absolutely. 100%. Yep. And it's going to be interesting to see how long Fernando Tatis Jr. ends up being out because that, that could tell the entire story of their season. Yeah. Yeah. That, that could very well be the linchpin in this whole thing. All right, so uh, on to a team we don't want to talk about, but we're going to because we feel kind of obligated to the Los Angeles Dodgers. Finished 106-56 and 56 last year before. What happened to them in the postseason again, Cam? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Before losing to the Braves in six games in the National League Championship Series. So what did they do to try to get over the top and beat the Braves. Well, they picked up our first baseman, Freddie Freeman. Uh, good upgrade at first base for them. Also picked up relief pitcher Daniel Hudson, got left-handed pitcher Andrew Heaney, and just recently made a trade for closer Craig Kimbrell. So a couple of Braves legends uh, making their way to the Dodgers. Their key departures, though, is a pretty stout list as well. Uh, Corey Seager, Steven Souza Jr., Joe Kelly, Matt Beattie, Max Scherzer, and Kenley Jansen all gone from the Dodgers. It, it's it's kind of tough to look at these arrivals and departures and say unequivocally that they're a better or a worse team. Yeah, I, I agree. And so I have them finishing very close to what they did last year. Slightly worse, but not necessarily because oh they're that much worse. I, I have them. I still have them finishing one hundred two and sixty. Like I, I still think this is a one hundred win team in that yes. division. I, I've got them went going one hundred one and sixty one and winning the division. Um, yep. I, I just have a hard time picking teams to win one hundred and six hundred and seven games like the Dodgers and Giants did last year. Yeah, I, I, I don't think that's something that we see a repeat of by any means whatsoever. No, but the Giants, uh, as we mentioned, won 107 games last year. Good enough to take the NL West. They did lose to the Dodgers in the National League Division Series. Uh, They lost right-handed pitcher Hunter Harvey, but picked up Jock Peterson, Matthew Boyd, and Carlos Roden, uh, in addition to re-signing the vast majority of their pitching staff. Um, Cam and I talked about this briefly before we, uh, we got on to record here. Last year really felt like lightning lightning in a bottle for the Giants. Um, I I don't know if they can do anything near what they did last year. I still have them finishing with a fantastic record at 98 and 64, but not going to be good enough to beat the Dodgers this year. Yeah, I'm I'm a little bit below that. I I agree. I, I very much think that... Don't get me wrong. They're a great team. They really are. I just don't think they're as great as they looked last year. No, no. Um, I have them finishing 94 and 68, which is still good enough for second in that division. Um, but, I, yeah, I, I don't see them having that stride again like they did last year. Because yeah. on, on paper, it, it just they, – they are a baffling team. Like, this is a team that I believe last year you and I – 
predicted to finish close to last in this division. Yeah. Like that, that was our, that was literally, literally our biggest miss in our preseason predictions. Five miles. Like we both. I feel like we "Eh, made pretty darn good predictions last year, but the giants were just so much different than anyone thought they would be. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And nobody predicted that. Um, so I, knowing that I still think they're good enough to, they're good enough to take second in this division, I believe. Um, but they're not going to be anywhere near record wise as good as they were last year. No, no. And, and moving on to teams that will disappoint, we, we shift to the NL central and talk about the Pittsburgh pirates. (laughs) They didn't really have anyone key to lose, but they did pick up Daniel Vogelbach. Uh, they finished 61 and 101 and missed the postseason last year. I've got them doing a game worse. I got 60 and 102 yet again last in the NL Central. I have them doing one game better uh, at 62 and 100. <laughs> hey, but I tell you though, it's going to be awesome to see Vogelpock put some balls in the Allegheny this year. Oh man, uh, Pitts. The city of Pittsburgh is going to love that dude. I hope he plays there for the rest of his career because that city will absolutely make a deity out of him. And I don't care that like he basically just hits dingers and that's it. Um, he's awesome. He's yeah. built like a he's built like a fridge and it's great. Got big dudes who hit dingers are just, they're fun. They're fun to watch. Everybody that's, needs one. That's my kind of baseball. That's right. All right, so on to a team with a lot to talk about. The Chicago Cubs, who finished last year 71-91 and and missed the postseason. They didn't lose a ton, really. The only major loss, or relatively major loss, was uh, right-handed pitcher Trevor Meagill. But they had a lot. Um, I I remember when we were talking week to week about, about signings, like there would just be little signings here and there from the Cubs. And we're like, what are they doing? What are they doing? And then today when we were compiling all of the, uh, the, the arrivals from this off season, it actually looks like a fairly impressive list. Uh, they picked up outfielder, Harold Ramirez, outfielder, Clint Frazier, infielder, Jonathan VR. Left-handed pitcher Drew Smiley, outfielder Seiya Suzuki, Chris Martin, the relief pitcher, relief pitcher David Robertson, and shortstop Andrelton Simmons. This this is going to be a very, very different-looking Cubs team. I don't know how much better it will be, but it's almost a completely different team. I've got them going 78 and 84, doing quite a bit better than last year. Um, but only good enough to, to finish a spot better. Uh, they'll finish the NL Central in third place. So I, I too have been finishing in third place, but I'm actually going to flip your record. I have been finishing at 84 and, and 78. Um, oh, wow. Well, reason being is that the, the Pirates basically are the same as they were last year, but the Reds are significantly worse. Yeah, that's year. true. That's so I, I think I think the Cubs are able to take a jump record-wise. I think they still finish third. They don't make the postseason this year. But it's interesting. The, it is. The, Cub, the Cubs have had maybe the most interesting offseason for a team that is supposedly in the midst of a rebuild. They did a lot. They did a lot of work. You're right. Yeah. It, it's that The Cubs could be interesting to watch this year. 
Um, but a team that won't be interesting to watch this year, as Cam just mentioned, is the Cincinnati Reds. <laughs> they finished 83 and 79 last season and missed the postseason. Um, and then apparently decided that that was the end of it. They needed to tear everything down and and just start over. Uh, they shipped out Tucker Barnhart, Amir Garrett, Sonny Gray, and Nick Castellanos, and brought in Tommy Pham, Mike Miner, and Hunter Strickland. Uh, I had this team a lot worse. I'll, I've got them at 62 and 100. Ooh. Uh, finishing in fourth place Ooh. in the division, only ahead of the uh, the Pittsburgh Pirates. I didn't have them finishing quite that bad. Oh, I'm, I couldn't possibly be lower on the Reds. I mean, I have them finishing 77 and 85, but I think this is Reds fans. I, th- be I think they're way more record. than six games worse than last year. Well, I think Reds fans better get used to having a losing record, though. That's that that we agree on for sure. Whew. All yeah. right, so on to uh, to the postseason teams from this division. We had the Cardinals finishing at ninety and seventy two before losing to the Dodgers in the wild card game. They brought in left handed pitcher Stephen Matz and outfielder Corey Dickerson and didn't really lose much of note. I. I still don't think they're going to be very good. I, I I actually think they're going to be worse this year. I've got them winning 84 games, finishing second in the division, and not not really being a threat. Yeah. I, what, what, what record did you have them at? 84 and 78. Okay. I, yeah, I've got the cards at 86 and 76. Um, so pretty similar, uh, you know, good enough for second place in this division, but they're, they're an older, they're an older team. That's now another year older. Yes. Um, and, and what is the health of their pitching staff going to be like? They've had a really hard time, you know, keeping them healthy. So they've got good pitchers. They just can't keep them out there. Uh, how many how many home runs does Pujols currently have? Like, how many away from seven hundred is he? I want to say it's somewhere in the mid twenties. I, I think he's got to hit like twenty five or twenty seven. <sighs> I don't know if that's going to happen. That's a lot. It, it was fun to see them uh, re-sign Albert Pujols to to let him get his little victory tour. Um, but yeah, I'm not sure he's going to quite make it to seven hundred bombs. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. But I, yeah, I, I'm, I'm not too confident in that. As much as I hate the Cardinals, I'd love to see it. Oh, I would too. I, I, big Albert Pujols guy. Like, yeah, I think, I think it is is just so easy to forget. Maybe more so than any player in, in our lifetime to this point. It is so easy to forget just how great that guy actually was. He was he was the best hitter of my childhood, bar none. It was him, and then the mantle was taken by Miguel Cabrera, and I feel like Mike Trout's had it ever since. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I can agree with that. So moving on to last year's division champions, the Milwaukee Brewers, who finished with a 95-67 and 67 record, losing to the Braves in the National League Division Series. They picked up second baseman Mike Brasso from the Rays and signed 
free agent outfielder Andrew McCutcheon. Uh, didn't really lose a ton, but can their pitching staff be what it was last year? Is is Corbin Burns going to be a Cy Young candidate again? I I don't know. I don't I don't think so. I, I still have them winning the division at ninety two and seventy, but I don't think they're going to be much of a threat in the postseason. That's exactly what I had them finishing at. So we have our first uh, first time. Ding 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 ding. Uh, yeah, it uh, took us five divisions. Yeah, yeah. Uh, ninety two and seventy. I, they are they. I don't believe in any way improved over last year, um, which it's it's weird because they have they have a pretty good grip on that division. I feel like, but okay, sure. So you, you can you can win the division. That's that's great. But then what happens when you get to the postseason? And I don't know. It, it's kind of frustrating to really see them not necessarily try it's like yeah i don't know well i mean they're they're i don't mind the brewers like i i don't i don't dislike the brewers because they have the feel of of a small market team done good you know yeah yeah i mean i i never expect them to 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 you know be a top five salary team or anything like that no, nor nor could I, but it's it's like especially for a small market team, I just I don't if you have true aspirations of making a run at, at a title, I I just I don't think you can just settle for hey, we're we're good enough to win our division. <laughs> and then just go from there. And and as much as like Braves that were accused of doing just that, you know, for so long that, oh, the Braves are just happy with their division. You look at those years, though, and, like, they were bringing in people to try to push them over the edge, at least. Right. Whereas it it, it feels like the Brewers have just become complacent with taking the NL Central with a 90-ish win record and saying, ah, we've got, you know, we've got the best closer in baseball. We have a really good bullpen. We got a couple of guys that'll put them in the seats now and then. We have Yelich sometimes. So <laughs> I, I don't know. It, it's kind of frustrating because I agree with you. They're not a team that I necessarily could dislike. You know, they just yeah, feel it kind is of frustrating like, to see them not going for it though. Because I think they, one or two really big moves and and they could be, you know, at the top of the heap as a World Series threat. I agree. I agree. Uh yeah, uh, it, it, it's a shame. All right, guys. So we saved the best for last, as I'm sure you all expected. No division in baseball made the moves that the NL East made. The NL East is going to be an absolute behemoth this year. Uh, so we'll go from the bottom up like we've been doing, starting with the Washington Nationals, who finished 65 and 97 last year and missed the postseason. Uh, surprisingly, they had a designated hitter, Nelson Cruz. Uh, they picked up. Uh, World Series champion Eddie Adrianza uh, also signed right-handed pitchers Steve Ciszek and Hunter Harvey. Uh, I think, you know, the Nationals are going to be improving over the next couple of years. I just don't see them doing it this year. I actually have them finishing with the exact same record as last year at 65 and 97, still last place in the NL East. 
Um, I, I had them slightly improved over last year, but not by much. I have them at 68 and 94. I, I still think they are they are the last place team in, in this division. Um, they didn't exactly go out and sign young folks uh, to any <laughs> contracts. Um, but I think you know, I think with I think the addition of Nelson Cruz, while may be inconsistent at times, I think it is going to give them some really good pop that I'm sure is going to hurt us a time or two this season. Well, I mean, just think about how many how many more pitches Juan Soto is going to see with Nelson Cruz batting behind him. Exactly, exactly. I, I think Nelson Cruz's benefit shows more in Soto's stats than it even does in his own. Yeah, it, 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 it very well could. And then, you know, somebody, and it's inevitably going to happen, somebody is going to, quote-unquote, pitch scared to Soto they're going to walk him and then they're going to say, okay, well, I got to get some strikes here and they're going to hang one over the plate. Nelson Cruz is going to hit it 700 feet. Yes, he is. So, you know, I think it's a good little combination there that I like, but at times it is possibly going to be inconsistent. All right. To another team that I personally think could possibly be inconsistent, the Miami Marlins. Finished two games ahead of the Nationals last year at 67 and 95. Did miss the postseason. Didn't lose a ton in Lewis Brinson and Jorge Alfaro. They did bring in Jacob Stallings to uh, to improve their catching position so they didn't have to start Alex Jackson. Uh, they also brought in World Series MVP outfielder Jorge Soler on a three-year $36 million deal. Uh, I do have them doing a little bit better than last year. But they're still a fourth place team to me. I've got them going seventy one and ninety one. Uh, seventy two and ninety fourth place. Um, it, I feel like at this point we, and I really hate to say this, we may have been wrong about the Marlins. I, yeah. I, I don't know. You know, we, we we sat here two years ago when we when we first started this show, and we talked about the Marlins feel close. The Marlins have a young group that's coming up. The Marlins have Sixto Sanchez, who is the next big star in that mark. Like, and it just it just has not panned out. And I think you know, I think part of it is other than this Solaire signing, I think their refusal to open the checkbook is hurting them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and just, and, and look at, uh, as as much as I, I make fun of Derek Jeter, that's not what this is. I, I think the fact that Derek Jeter ran out of there and basically said, this was not what I signed up for, um, is a really damning statement against, uh, against Kimming and, and the rest of the front office there. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, this is again, this is a team that we thought by this point would be making noise. That this is a team that we could look at and say, hmm, you know, wild card maybe. They're, you know, they're gonna be they're gonna be tough. And and, and they will be tough. Like wins against the Marlins are not necessarily easy. They're not the Marlins of, of a few years ago where, you know, anything less of a sweep was a disappointment, so to speak. Right. But they're not what we thought they would be by this point. They're they're not. And, and you know, I think 
this is this is going to sound weird if I don't phrase it right. So let me be careful here. I think the National League East has the best two worst teams of any division. You follow me I there? Agree with, yeah, I, I I can agree with that. I, I will I will take the Nationals and Marlins over the bottom two in any other division, except maybe the AL East, just because they're going to have four really good teams. Yeah, yeah, no, I I could I could absolutely agree with that. Um, I think, and again, going back to the whole record doesn't show how good they are thing. Well, I think having two, you know, modestly average bottom two teams in a division it results in not having a stellar record as a divisional winner. Because those games, those divisional games, aren't cakewalks like they are and should be in other divisions. That's why we just saw an 88-win team win the World Series. <laughs> you damn right. All right, so on to possibly the three most exciting teams of the offseason. The New York Mets made the first big splash of the offseason, or one of the first big splashes of the offseason prior to the lockout, bringing in Max Scherzer. So looking to pair him up with Jacob deGrom, Carlos Carrasco. Uh, They also brought in Chris Bassett. Really a uh, a good-looking rotation there. Unfortunately, we did just see Jacob deGrom go down to injury yet again. We do not have a timetable for his return. God, please somebody get that guy out of New York for his own good. Yeah, I, I, I was so angry to see that because Jacob deGrom, despite the fact that he plays for a division rival, he's... He's one of the top pitchers in all of baseball. He's insanely fun to watch, and he's insanely fun to play against. Baseball is better when your best players are playing. Absolutely. And, and I mean, it's, I, it's weird to say that I don't want to lose or I don't want to beat the Mets when they're not at their best, but this happens every single year. The Mets haven't been at their best since 1985. That's also when cocaine was at its best, but that's neither <laughs> here nor there. I uh, what? <laughs> you know the stories about the 80s Mets as well. I'm as I'm picturing Cam with like a fancy cellar under his house, like rich people keep their wine in. But he's got his cocaine labeled by year. Said, mmm, that 85 is really good. Excellent year. A little tart on the back end. Oh. But, still, <laughs> but still pleasant nonetheless. <laughs> good Lord. I didn't think this show was taking that turn today. <laughs> you want to play games? Okay, I play games. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, so the Mets are the Mets. Uh, I, I, I have them winning a few more games than they won last year. Uh, yet another. Hey, are 80- we going to call this episode Cocaine Cam? <laughs> I'm scared. <laughs> Please, I think we should. O- only if you superimpose your face onto Tony Montana with the uh, with the machine gun. 
I'll see what I can do. <laughs> you, I believe in you. I've got the Mets finishing at 81 and 81, yet again in third place, uh, yet again missing the postseason. Uh, I actually have them as snake bit as they can be at times. I think they have made some really good moves um, and they are going to be a tough team at times this year to play against. I have them finishing second in the division at 84 and 78. Yeah. I mean, I, I had them at 81 wins, but that's with the understanding that, that they have a lot of old pitching. Uh, They have a lot of injury issues you know, if Max Scherzer and Jacob Degrom get healthy and stay healthy, along with uh, along with Chris Bassett, I could easily see this being a ninety win team. But I, I just, I, it's one of those things. I'm not going to believe it till I see it. The right, Mets right. Have to put together a healthy season for me to be able to believe it'll ever happen. I agree. So on to the Phillies. They went 82 and 80 last year, missed the postseason after the Braves kicked their asses out of the division race. They picked up a couple of designated hitters in Kyle Schwarber and Nick Castellanos. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah. And uh, made a, a great move, in my opinion, letting Vince Velasquez walk. Um, I, I have them doing a little bit better than last year. I've got this as an 85 and 77 team, yet again, finishing second place in the division. Uh, I have them finishing one game better this year at 83 and 79, missing the postseason and becoming the sole owner of the longest postseason drought in baseball. Yes. Love it. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's the Phillies, man. What are, what are they going to do? What are they going to do? I hope that they score plenty of more runs than they're going to allow defensively. They're going to allow a lot of runs. A lot. And and like I just said a couple of weeks ago, this is a team that they've got the firepower. They're kind of like the Angels a couple of years ago where, like, they've got the sticks, but they have a glaring problem that they refuse to actually fix. Yep. And and speaking of a glaring problem for the Phillies, let's wrap this up with a little breakdown of our Atlanta Braves offseason. This team, as we all know, went 88 and 73 last season but got hot in the postseason and took the World Series championship home. This team, as I think we all expected, is going to look very, very different from last year. Uh, I mean, you you made a lot of moves for for players uh, with expiring contracts. Um, you, you, you just weren't going to be able to have the same look coming into this season. You lose the MVP of the World Series in Jorge Soler. Uh, you lose Jock Peterson, who brought the pearls to town, Drew Smiley, Chris Martin, Eddie Adrianza. And it goes without saying that you lose your first baseman, former MVP, perennial all-star, Freddie Freeman. So going to be tough to see all those guys in other uniforms. But as we all know, Matt Olson is an exciting replacement for Freddie. Kenley Jansen's going to beef up our bullpen in a big way. And catcher Manny Pena, I I think, think might be a really good backup for Travis Darnell. Manny Pena's got pop at times. He really does. Yeah, he, he he's going to be a fun one. And he's he's a defensively sound catcher as well. Uh, ag- agreed, agreed. Uh, so much so 
that just this week we started seeing William Contreras getting reps in the outfield. I actually got to see the very first instant of that in, uh, on last Sunday's game in, in Port Charlotte. That's pretty cool. Um, that was cool. Were, I mean, were you paying close attention to that? How did he look out there? He had a couple of balls hit his way, handled them fine. It, you know, nothing noticeable, which is probably better than the alternative. Yeah, that's all. That's all I want. It's it, it's kind of like uh, it's kind of like umpires, right? If forget if you, they're there. If you know their name, if you're talking about them, something bad happened. Yeah, I mean, so just it, stick well, them in the and outfielder. There was also the report. There was also the report today, though, that apparently it's believed that. Contreras is a good enough athlete that you could possibly slot him at third or second. I did see that. To fill in on some off days. So I think think there's opportunity there for Contreras. And then, of course, he's a solid catcher defensively. So, yeah, I I think we're going to be, especially with expanded rosters here for the first month of the season, we're going to be seeing him quite a bit and possibly in some different positions than we expected. And 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 I think I, I really hope he catches on to infield defense quickly because that's my biggest concern with this Atlanta Braves team going into the 2022 season is, is the infield depth. The only true infield depth piece we have on the roster right now is Orlando Arcia. That's it. Right. If we have if we have two injuries in the infield, we are screwed. Granted, that's the case for a lot of other teams, but I'm not worried about a lot of other teams. I'm worried about the Braves. Right, I, right. I, it it was weird to me to see uh, Phil Gosselin not make the roster. It was weird to me to see Brock Holt request and be granted his release. Um, I mean, there were options that I would have, you know, whether or not it's it's based in reality, there are options that I would have felt more comfortable with off the bench. Um. But, you know, we're going into the season carrying three catchers and five infielders. Uh, I really hope that doesn't come back to bite us. All right. So how do you uh, how do you have the Braves finishing this year? Um, I have the Braves finishing with a better record than last year, but maybe not as many games as I've seen some out there predict. Uh, I have them going 92 and 60. It's a very tough division. Uh this division will not produce a 100 win team. I'm convinced uh, that's still going to be good enough to win the division for the fifth straight year. Um, and you know, we, as we saw last year, make it to the postseason, anything can happen. Yeah. Well, I mean, even, even on the first episode of the behind the brave series, Brian Snicker said that exact thing is that new season, the goal, win the division. We cannot do what we aim to do unless we do that first. So, that's, yeah. That's baseball, folks. That's it. Um, I, yeah. I, too, had them winning the division this year with a record of 94-68. and 68. Why six games better? Because we don't have to play the Blue Jays in six games this year. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> that's, I, I, I joke, but seriously. I, we're all very excited about not having to play the Blue Jays this year. Thank they, God. They, they 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 took our lunch money last year. It was bad. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, that's going to do it for our season preview. The next time you hear from us, we're going to be talking about real live regular season baseball games. I don't really know about y'all, it? but I can't wait. And we're going to be recording after I go to the game on Sunday. So 
might be a little toasty by the time we uh we get to it. Who you telling? I've been working outside all weekend. I'm burnt, son. Woohoo! Anyway, well, today's um, show and next week's show is going to be brought to you by Sports Drink, which is your digital water cooler. It is a newly created mm-hmm. internet community that tries to find the intersection of sports and not sports, but mostly sports. They're here to help us grow and to hate your favorite team. We always say a rising tide lifts all boats. So go check them out online or on social. It is sportsdrink.org or open up Instagram or Twitter and type in at S-P-R-T-S-D-R-N-K. That's sports drink just without the vowels. All we ask, Cam, is that you close the door behind you because we don't want to let this funk out. Yeah. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, that's going to do it for uh, for me, for Cam Matthews. My name's Alex. We'll see y'all next week for the first regular season Chatting Average podcast of 2022. Bye. has been the Chatting Average Podcast brought to you by Sports Drink. Be sure to check out our merchandise store at teespring.com slash stores slash Chatting Average Podcast and please consider becoming a patron of our show at patreon.com slash Chatting Average. We'll see you next week for another brand new episode. <laughs>